We're going to continue to ride this thing out uh, until God says differently. Uh, and as you know, uh, the last few weeks in Bible study, we've been making room for prayer. And so uh, on Sundays, uh, we've just been flowing with whatever the Holy Spirit wants to pour into us on Sundays. Uh, and last week, we talked about a simple thank you. Uh, we talked about how important it is, uh, even to God, uh, to, to just get a simple thank you, just a simple thank you, to not, not always want something from him, but just to be grateful sometimes. Uh, and we talked about how good God is and, and how he deserves our thank you, but, but I was convicted a little bit because I felt like I made some assumptions last week that maybe I should not have made. Uh, I started to feel like maybe I made some assumptions that that you really recognize uh, how good God really is. I started to to feel guilty because I felt like maybe uh, some of y'all was just flooding the comments just because I said you ought to be flooding the comments. I, I started feeling guilty, feeling like that some of y'all really don't know how good God really is and that y'all were just simply taking my word for it. And I, I, I felt I felt a little guilty, felt a little a little convicted, so I wanted to, I wanted to clean that up this week. So I asked God to give me the grace to be able to clean that up this week. Because if there's one thing that I don't want, as a pastor, as a leader, as a minister of the gospel, as a man in general, I never want you to just take my word for it. Uh, whatever it is that I tell you, whatever it is that I say to you, I want you to be able to figure it out, learn it, uh, attain it, and agree with it for yourself, and not just because I said so. So this week, I believe that this text uh, will help me uh, to make sure uh, that that is, in fact, taking place. This text is taking place in John chapter four. Uh, and although we only read one verse of Scripture, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture where Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. OK, and I want to give you I want to give you some context behind the text uh, to make sure that we have a full understanding of what's happening before we get to verse 42. So let me walk this down for you real quick because I made a mistake of making assumptions last week. I don't want to make that mistake again. So I need to make sure that you got it and that you fully understand. So here it is in the beginning of the text, starting at verse one. We just going to walk it all the way down. What you'll find is that the Bible says that Jesus left Judea to Galilee. Uh, and the reason why Jesus left Judea to go to Galilee and the reason why uh, 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 he, he is he is. Jesus is giving us an example uh, of evangelism. Jesus, uh, if we look at the ministry of Jesus, we recognize that Jesus, there, there's really uh, very, 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 very little record of Jesus ever uh, having church in church. Uh, there's very little record of that. We've got record uh, of Jesus being in the temple at just a teenager, and then we've got record of Jesus being in the temple turning over tables, but we don't have uh, much more than that of Jesus really having church in church. Uh, all of our examples of Jesus uh, functioning in ministry, Jesus is at somebody's house. Jesus is at somebody's party. Jesus is in the middle of the wilderness. Jesus is giving a sermon in the middle of the mountains. Jesus is giving us uh, a proper example of evangelism. And so he's on the move. He says, I got to get this word out and I got to get it out to as many people as possible. So he's on the move, leaving from Judea and going to Galilee. And then he finds himself in Samaria because he decides to cut through Samaria why? Because there are some religious leaders that have a problem with Jesus's ministry. And I've said this to you a million times and I'll say it a million times more. Uh, just because somebody is a religious leader does not mean that they have a heart for ministry. Uh, and so Jesus says, I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through Samaria because I know that a lot of people got a problem with what I'm doing. So I'm going to go through uh, Samaria, which is not uh, the road that's usually traveled for this journey, but I'm going to go through Samaria. Why? Because I'm going to avoid some of this confrontation. Now, this is an important lesson uh, for us to learn because Jesus teaches us in this moment that not 
every that not every uh, argument deserves a response. There are some times where you got to allow some people to argue, fuss and fight with themselves. Sometimes it's not necessary for you to give people a response. As a matter of fact, I've learned that some people will say things that they don't even mean just because they want your response, because they recognize that if they, that if you give them a response, they, in fact, have your attention. Uh, so Jesus teaches us that not everybody, not everything is worthy of having our attention. And so Jesus goes through Samaria. He goes through Samaria, a town that nobody wanted to go through, a people that nobody wanted to deal with. But Jesus realized that because nobody wanted to go through this town, because nobody would want to deal with these people, that that would be the perfect route to take in order to avoid this confrontation. And so then Jesus goes in the middle of the day. He goes in the middle of a day of the day and sits at a well. He is at Jacob's well, the well that Jacob gives to Joseph, the well uh, uh, that, that Jacob, the Old Testament Jacob or Israel gives to Joseph. And he goes to this well and he sits there right in the middle of the day, right at noonday. And Jesus sits at the well. And, and I believe that Jesus goes to this well intentionally because the reality is, is that it was not common for people to go to the well in the middle of the day. Uh, you got to realize where Samaria is. Samaria is right uh, in the middle of uh, of 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 one of the hottest climates on earth. Samaria uh, is borderline the desert. And so nobody would go to the well in the middle of the day. You either went to the well early in the morning before the sun got up good, or you went to the well late in the evening after the sun had gone down good. It was too hot to be trying to drop a bucket down into the well and pull it back up again. Nobody went to the well in the middle of the day. And so I believe that Jesus was very intentional about arriving to this location. I believe that Jesus knew uh, that there would be uh, a woman coming to this well. So Jesus goes uh, to the well. He sees the woman. He knew that the woman was coming. He knew nobody else would be at the well at this time of day. The woman was intentionally going to the well at this time because she was trying to avoid some confrontation. This woman was trying to avoid uh, the people in, in her, in, in her uh, circle. She was trying to, to avoid the, the, the critics of her, of her local society. And so Jesus meets her at the well. He knew that nobody else would be there. And he asked the woman for a drink of water. He says, he says, I, I, woman, give me a drink. And the woman is confused. The woman is confused because she can look at Jesus and tell that Jesus is a Jew. And so she says, man, listen, why are you asking me uh, for a drink of water? I'm a Samaritan and you a Jew. You, you don't, your people don't even like talking to my people. And then I'm a woman at that. You, you, you normally wouldn't even want to have a conversation with a Samaritan woman. And then you got the nerve to ask me for a drink of water. And then she says, and, and then what am I supposed to give it to you in? You, you didn't come here with no bucket. You didn't come here with no vase. You ain't even come here with no cup. What, what am I supposed to give it to you in? And Jesus replies to the woman and says, listen, I asked you the question just to spark the conversation. Because the truth be told, if you really knew who you were talking to, you wouldn't have allowed me to ask you for a drink because you would have been asking me for a drink. And the woman says what you mean I would have been asking you for a drink I can come here and get a drink on my own I, I'm the one with the bucket what you mean that I would have been asking you for a drink and Jesus says to the woman that if I was to give you a drink you would never thirst again yeah Jesus said I'm the ultimate thirst quencher if you really knew who you was talking to you wouldn't even have let me have the opportunity to ask you because you would have been running trying to get a drink from me and so the woman says that, that, that I, if, if there's some water that I can have that I'll never thirst again I want all parts of that let, let me get all of that and Jesus says before I can give you, before I can give you the water, uh, there's something I need you to do. I need you to run home and I need you to go get your husband. Uh, and the woman looks at Jesus and says, I, 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 what you mean? I don't got no husband. I don't, I don't, I don't have no husband. And Jesus says, yeah, uh, you telling the truth. You don't, you don't got one. You got five. Uh, and the man you're living with right now uh, is not yours. 
<laughs> yeah, that G Jesus, Jesus put the woman all the way on blast. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I've preached this text before. Uh, I've studied this text before. I've heard this text preached before. Uh, and everybody got an issue with the fact that the woman had got five husbands and living with somebody that ain't hers. Everybody got a problem with it. And I was part of everybody. And then I recognized and realized that when you really study scripture, when you go beyond reading scripture and you begin to study scripture, you'll recognize that you need to be able to read the scriptures in its original societal context. Text. Okay, now this is important because what you'll understand if you read it in its original historical context, in its original societal context, what you'll understand is that the woman having five husbands ain't even her fault. Because the women didn't even get to choose their husbands. Hmm. Yeah, let me mess with your theology real quick before we continue, before we continue preaching, before we have a problem with the woman. I got a problem with the men who didn't protect the woman because all they doing is passing the woman around. She don't even get the opportunity to choose who her husband is. She gets assigned to a husband. So they just passing the woman around. She doesn't have five husbands. And now she's having to live with a man that ain't even hers because the, the historically that society didn't give women the freedom to sleep with who they wanted to sleep with to marry with who they wanted to marry they had to do what they were told so it blew my mind to recognize and realize that when jesus says uh listen uh you don't have five husbands and the man that you're living with right now ain't yours i thought that jesus was calling the woman out i thought that jesus was throwing a little bit of shade in the middle of the desert i thought that jesus was was correcting this woman of her wrongs but what i realized is that what jesus is saying is you have been abused and misused by men multiple times. I just want you to know that I'm not one of them. <laughs> yeah, Jesus says, I, I know you got some trust issues because you didn't have five husbands. They done all did you wrong. And now you stuck with a man that ain't even yours and you don't got no say so about it. I just want you to know that I'm not like the rest of them. Yes. Yeah, so Jesus says, I, I, I get it. I get it. And I just want you to know that I still care about you. I still love you, even though I know everything that's going on with you. And so then the woman says, all right, for in order for you to know all of this, you got to be a prophet. You got to be a prophet. Uh, and so and so he says, uh, Jesus then has to correct her. Jesus then has to correct her and says, listen, uh, uh, I'm not. I'm not just a prophet. I'm the one that the prophets prophesied about. I am. I, I, I am that one. I am that guy. I am the one. He says, then Jesus says, listen, uh, there's coming a time. As a matter of fact, the time is now where you have to make a decision. You have to decide. He, he says, he says, you got to decide because now God is requiring all those who believe, all those that worship him to worship him. Get this in spirit and in truth. Uh, anybody who says that they are a follower of God, anybody who says that they're a worshiper of God, uh, you got to worship him in spirit and in truth. So so Jesus says, listen, I, I know the truth about who you are. I know the truth about what you've done. I know the truth about what other people have done to you. But I need you to understand that my spirit will still cover you. So then. Then they have a conversation. They continue the conversation. Uh, and the woman says, the woman says that I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I understand you. I feel you. And, I, and I'm waiting on the Messiah. I'm, I'm a follower. I'm waiting on the Messiah. And then Jesus reveals himself to her and says, I am the one you've been waiting on. You don't went through man after man after man after man. And finally, I'm here. You ain't even know that I was the one you was looking for. And now you recognize that you've been sitting in the face of the one you was looking for all along so he says I, I i am that one i am that one and the woman gets so excited that she runs back into the village she runs back into the city to tell everybody about all these things that jesus has said to her and all the things that jesus has revealed to her and as she runs off the disciples are walking up the disciples had left this is the reason why Jesus was by himself uh, talking to the woman, because Jesus sent the disciples to go get food. The disciples come back as the woman is leaving and they say, Jesus, uh, no, you got to eat, man. It's time for you to eat. We've been out in this heat. Uh, we, we've been out here uh, all day. Uh, you you got to eat something. You've been ministering to the people. You, you've been giving of yourself. Now, Jesus, it's time for you to eat. And Jesus says, listen. 
I'm going to tell you, just like I told the woman, the woman was confused about the water. And I had to tell her that I am the living water. And I'm going to tell you, just like I told her, not only am I the living water, but I'm also the bread of life. I need you to understand that Jesus says, I need you to understand that I eat a food that you don't know anything about. I, 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 I eat a food that surpasses my physical hunger. I need you to understand who I am. Y'all been walking with me too long for y'all not to recognize who I am. And then, and then as this conversation is happening, the word is spreading about Jesus being in Samaria. And then that brings us up right around to about verse 39. And then we can get right into the text from verse 39. Here it is. It says in verse 39 that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. The woman said, he told me everything that I ever did. Here we go. That was a long introduction, but it's going to be a short sermon. Here's your point. Number one, Jesus ignored my personal information. Jesus ignored my personal information. Here it is. I, I, I need you not to take my word for it. The Bible says in verse 39 that many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. The woman said he told me everything that I ever did. Let's ride. Here we go. They believed the Samaritans believed because of the woman's testimony. I need you to get this. I need you to get this. I need you to understand that you cannot be or should not be ashamed of your testimony. Here it is. I've told you this before. I'll say it again. That in evangelism, in evangelism, there's many methods to evangelize the gospel, but the most effective tool that you have in, in, in delivering the gospel or sharing the gospel or just simply sharing the love of Jesus Christ is, in fact, your personal testimony. The Bible says in verse 39 that many Samaritans believe not because this woman was a great preacher, not because this woman was a great teacher, not that because this woman was was ordained a prophetess, not because this woman had this long-lasting relationship with Christ but simply because of her testimony you got to understand that whenever you hold back your testimony you might be holding back the opportunity for somebody else to meet Jesus you got to make sure that you understand that everything you go through in your life here it is here's Bible for you the Bible says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose everything that you go through in life is for you to be able to share a testimony not just about what you've gone through but what God has in fact brought you out of it's not about what you go through it's about what you've been brought out of don't be ashamed of your testimony the Bible says that many people believed in Jesus simply because of one woman's testimony here it is Many of us are ashamed and afraid and hesitant to share our testimony because we don't really think that people can handle knowing what it is that we used to be. We, we, we don't think that people can really understand that I've really made a genuine change and gone from that to this. We, 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 we don't believe that people will really be able to take us seriously if they knew the types of things we used to be into and the type of things that we used to do. But let me let you in on a little secret. If people knew what you were doing right now that you ain't told nobody about, you could run into the same problem. So ain't no point in holding your testimony. Why? Because it's not about what you've been through. It's about what you've been brought out of. Here it is. Your testimony is simply a scar. Your testimony is simply a scar. What is a scar? A scar means that I've been cut. A scar means that I've been injured. A scar means that, 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 that I've had an issue, but I've been healed. Okay, a, a scar simply means a scar simply means that something bad happened to me and then it healed. And the scar is the visual representation that whatever it is that I've been through did not kill me. Okay, uh, uh, here it is. Here it is. I, I, I know that the scar is representation of what did not kill me because dead bodies can't scar. So if it would have killed you, there's no way that you could have a scar. The scar only says that I went through, but I made it out. So every time you show a scar, all you're doing is sharing a testimony. No, 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 don't don't miss it. We're not talking about physical scars. We're talking about mental scars. We're talking about emotional scars. We talk 
talking about scars from past relationships. We're talking about scars from past churches and supposed ministries. We're talking about all of these kind of scars. Every time you show somebody your scar, you're showing them that what the enemy meant for evil, God was able to turn around for my good because what I went through did not kill me. I got scars, but I made it out. The Bible says that many people were saved because of this woman's testimony. They were saved because of her testimony. I'm wondering how many people could, could, could meet Jesus if you would just step out and just share your testimony. You ain't got to tell everybody everything, but I, I just wonder I just wonder how much work you could do for the kingdom if you would. I mean, you, listen, you don't even got to know no Bible to share your testimony. You, you don't, you don't got to memorize not one scripture to tell your testimony. Here it is. Uh, don't, don't don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Just try it. Just try. Just try. Some, somebody, somebody ask you, why do you believe in Jesus? Why are you a Christian? You ain't got to know not one scripture. Now, I'm not saying don't learn them. You need to know them. But you don't got to know not one scripture to be able to tell somebody what God has done for you. As a matter of fact, tell them, I ain't been at this very long and I ain't got a whole lot of stuff memorized. But let me tell you what God brought me out of. I can't speak for nobody else. But let me tell you my experience with Jehovah Rapha. Let me tell you my experience with Jehovah Shama. Let me tell you my experience with Jehovah Tiskanu. Let, let, let me, I can't tell you about nobody else, but I can tell you what he's done for me. Here it is. The lady says, he told me everything I ever did. He told me everything I ever did. He told me everything I ever did. Here it is. Here it is. I, I need you to get this. I need you to get this because I, I, I just told you, I just told you that, that a lot of what the woman did wasn't even by her own choice. A lot of what she did, a lot of what she was looked down on for wasn't even her fault. So, so the fact that Jesus told her everything she ever did, it wasn't about shaming her for her past. What When she says, he told me everything I ever did, what she's saying is, this man knew all the circumstances I had been in. He knew all the times I had been used and abused. He knew all the times the people had messed me over. He knew all the bad decisions that I made on my own will. He knew all of this stuff. And get this, he looked beyond my faults and saw me at the point of my knee. Even though he knew everything that I did, he still loved me. When nobody else wanted to be around me, he wanted to be around me. When nobody else wanted to talk to me, he ain't have a problem talking to me. When nobody else had anything good to say about me, he said, I'll give you a living water and you'll never thirst again. I, I, nobody ever wanted to give me something ever in my life without me giving them something in return. And this man knew everything that I ever did and he still cares this man much about me it doesn't matter what I did what matters is what he did all right I wish I was getting this I wish I was getting it so so the first thing Jesus does is he ignores my personal information because regardless of what happened in my past that don't even matter Jesus is ignoring all of that because Jesus said there's nothing that has that has happened in your past that the cross can't cover so he says, whatever, whatever happened back then, whatever happened before you knew me, uh, let, let me let, let me give you this real quick. Let me give you this real quick. This is for adults. This is for adults. Uh, uh, so this is going to be cryptic. So I need y'all. I need y'all to follow me because y'all might got the kids watching. I need you to understand. I need you to understand. Uh, now, some of y'all don't know nothing about this. Some of y'all don't know nothing about this. Um, but I'm just be real. Uh, when my wife and I were dating, uh, the very first time we spent any real significant time together, uh, we we spoke. I think for three hours, we were sitting on her couch. We spoke for three hours. And, and ironically enough, religion and spirituality was probably about 80% of the conversation. This is the first real conversation we ever had. Now, let me help you to understand. Uh, pastor was not pastor at this time. Uh, as a matter of fact, I wasn't even minister at this time. As a matter of fact, I was leaving the club Saturday night and going to church Sunday morning. So I just need you to understand what, what was happening at this time. At, let, let me give it to you like this. Matter of fact, me and first lady met at the club. Just just so you understand what's really happening in this moment. So 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 but out of this three hour conversation and, and now uh, us have been in relationship uh, for 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 
nine years uh uh, we've never had a conversation. Now, now we we um, we were mature enough to know and recognize that unfortunately, unfortunately, neither of us were virgins when we got married. Neither of us, not, both of us had a past. Neither of us were virgins when we got married. But 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 we've never had a conversation uh, about body counts. We've never had a conversation. Never had a conversation. Why? Why, Pastor, what this got to do with the woman at the well? That don't even got nothing to do with nothing. No, it does, because this is what I need you to understand. When we went into covenant with each other, we recognized that whatever had happened in the past was going to stay in the past. All that mattered now is that the body count don't go up after me. Okay. All right. All right, that, that we 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 agree, we agree. Whatever past you got, whatever past you got, that don't even matter. That don't matter. Leave that back there. As long as we understand what's happening in the future, that's all that, that that's all that matters. Why are you telling me this? Because that's the same approach that Jesus takes with us. Because the truth be told, all of us ain't been saved all of our lives. And, and even more truth be told, some of us been messing up since we've been saved. And even more truth be told, some of us got some issues happening right now. Uh, but the, re the reality is Jesus don't even care what's happened in the past because he said my blood covers a multitude of sins. Okay, so what happened in your past don't even really matter. What, what, what matters now is that you're in covenant with me. All right, so the first thing that Jesus does is he ignores my past personal information. Because that don't even matter no more because now you with me. That was the line I pulled on first lady. I said, you know what, that don't even matter no more because you with me now. So down all that only only need to know all that cuz don't none of that even matter. When we walk into a place, if somebody got some past history, well you messed up. That, that that's all I can tell you. That's all I got for you. If y'all got past history, your fault. <laughs> cuz we we got we we got present situations going on right now. So the first thing Jesus does is he ignores my past personal information and then and then he grants holy visitation. Okay, he ignores my past personal information, but then he grants holy visitation. Here it is. Look at verses 40 and 41. Verses 40 and 41 say this. So when the Samaritan came to him, when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. He stayed two more days. And because of his words, many more became believers. All right. I told you, I told you, I don't take my word for it. I, I told you, I don't take my word for it. First, the first group of people, the first people group of people, they get saved. Why? Because of the Samaritan woman's testimony. Then those groups of people say, Jesus, we need you to stay a while. So Jesus says, all right, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay two more days. Jesus said, I'm going to stay two more days. And because he stayed and what happened when he stayed, even more people met Jesus. Even more people got saved. So here it is. Here it is. Your testimony will lead them to Jesus. And then once they get to Jesus, their testimony will lead more people to Jesus. And then when more people get to Jesus, Jesus will save even more people. Y'all see how that works? Okay, so here we go. He grants holy visitation. Jesus says, I'm going to stay two more days. Why is that important? I just told you that Samaria was not a place that people regularly wanted to go to. And the Samaritans were not a group of people that people regularly wanted to be around. So Jesus was willing to stay in a bad place with worse people just so that some people could be saved. Okay, y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. Let me say it one more time. Let me say it one more time. Jesus, Jesus goes through Samaria. Uh, he's in a bad place with worse people. And, and, and so people didn't, didn't usually travel through Samaria. And when they did, they didn't stay long. And while they were there, they didn't associate with the locals. So Jesus is in a bad place with worse piece of people, and 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 he's he's fellowshipping with these people. Is there? Listen, anybody anybody not ashamed to say I'm glad that Jesus met me where I'm. I'm glad I'm glad that Jesus didn't have a problem going into a low place because had he never gone to a low place, he never would have been able to get me because I was in the low place. So I'm grateful that Jesus don't got a problem going to a low place because if he never went to the low place, then I would still be in the low place. I only came out of the low place because Jesus didn't have a problem going. Is there anybody that can say, God, I thank you for not being too big to go to a low place. God, I thank you for not being 
but not being too God to come down and see about me. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you saw fit to see me where I was, but not leave me there. God, I thank you for your holy visitation. I thank you. I thank you that you came to see about me. You got to realize that the Samaritan woman didn't go to church. Jesus came to her. Holy visitation. Jesus says, Jesus says, all right, listen, listen, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two more days. I'm going to give you two more days. He says, and this is what blessed me. Jesus says, Jesus says, regardless of what society says about you, regardless of what everybody else thinks about you, regardless of what it looks like, I, I, I love you enough to spend time with you. I, I love you enough to pour into you. Here it is. Here it is. They said, Jesus, what you got going on right now? We need more of. Here we go. They said, Jesus, we need you to stay because we can't afford to miss out on being in your presence. Jesus, please stay where we are. Is there anybody that has that testimony that will say, Jesus, I don't even know what you're doing right now, but I'm like the songwriter. Whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. Whatever you got going on, whatever you got up your sleeve whatever it is I'm cool with it as long as you don't leave me out Jesus just give me a little bit more time in your presence we gotta get to a place where we don't take the presence of Christ for granted and we gotta understand that his presence is in fact a gift and we gotta realize that while we have time the Bible says that while you can you need to be seeking him so Jesus says because your thirst is for me I'm willing to stay with you so they get a a a, a, a holy visitation they get a holy visitation they didn't deserve to be in the presence of Jesus they didn't deserve to get anything from Jesus they, they didn't deserve any time with Jesus but the Bible says that Jesus says I'll stay two more days I'm, I'm so glad that Jesus decided to stay with me because truth be told he really should have dropped me uh, 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 and kicked me to the curb a long time ago I ain't been worth nothing since the beginning truth be told our relationship should have been over but I'm so glad that Jesus is true to his word and when he says I'll never leave you nor forsake you that he meant it I'm so glad that when everybody else left me, here it is, the Bible says, even when my mother and my father forsake me, God, you are there. I'm so glad that he's true to his word, and I'm so glad that regardless of how bad I am in the relationship, that he'll never abandon me in the relationship. God, I thank you for your holy visitation. All right, so, so the first thing we see in the text, and then the uh, first thing we see is that he ignores my past personal information. The next thing that we see is that we were granted, uh, they were granted a holy visitation, and then they were gifted with salvation. This is it. If you ain't, if you ain't got it, you probably ain't going to get it. You're going to have to watch the replay. We're going to get through with this. Here it is. This is the last thing I got to tell you. They were gifted with salvation they were given the gift of salvation look at verse 42 look at verse 42 verse 42 says they said to the woman this is our key verse says they said to the woman we no longer believe just because of what you said now we we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world I love it. I love it. Let me give it to you one more time. This is the key verse. This is where we started and this is where we're going to finish. He says, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Listen, it's so much to unpack just in verse 42 and I got about three minutes to get it done. Here it is. He gifted me with salvation. This is what blessed me first. They say, they say, now they say, they say, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Here it is. Here it is. They said, they said, your testimony was good. And, 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 and I could get behind your testimony. I, I could shout for your testimony. I'm with you. I'm going to praise God with, for your testimony. I, I love you. And I'm going to praise God for your testimony. But now I've experienced him for myself. And I can't stop just at what you said because now I know what it is for myself. So I can no longer just shout for your testimony because I've expected. Listen, I thank you that you had your experience because your experience led to my experience. But I can't stop with your stuff. I got to give God praise for what he's done for me. I, I already I, I'm, I was already on your train. I already thanked him for what he's done for you. And I'll thank him again if he do something else. But for right now, here it is. As for me in my house, I, I, I got to give praise for what.
what God has done in my house. I'm thankful for what he did in your house, but I got to bless him for what he did in my house because, because there are some times where I thought that Jesus was blessing everybody else in the neighborhood and then he finally made his way to my address. So I got to thank take some time to thank God for what he has done in my house. The people said we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now, now we've heard for ourselves. We've experienced him for ourselves. Here it is. Uh, let me blow your mind real quick. Uh, here it is. Your word might get people to church. But God, God's word gets church in people. Okay, your, your word might get people to church, but God's word gets church in people. I, I hope y'all getting this. I hope y'all getting this. Your, your job, your job is only to get the word to the people. And then God will make sure the word gets in the people. All right. All right. All right. Here it is. Here it is. I, we, God, God has made it easy on you. He's made it easy on you. The only way, the only, the only thing you need to do to get his word to people right now is to hit share. Matter of fact, everybody do that real quick right now. Even if you did it already, don't worry about it. Facebook lets you do it twice. Hit it again. The only thing you need to do to get God's word to people is to hit share. And then once you hit share, it's God's job to get the word in the people. All right. You, you, you might give somebody a ride to church, but, but, but you, you don't have no power to get nobody saved. So here it is. Your word might get people to church, but it's God's word that gets church in people. You got to understand you got to understand, here, here it is, it was, it was good coming from you. I, I, I could, it, here it is, it was believable coming from you. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Here it is. It was believable coming from you, but it was acceptable coming from him. All right, all right, all right. I, I didn't think you was no liar. I could believe what you said, but I could only receive what he said. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yo, yo, <laughs> listen, I'm not trying to downplay your situation or your testimony, but if you only knew what God really brought me out of, your, your stuff was good, and, and I could believe what you said, but I could only receive what he said, and he said. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Listen, listen, he says, the people say, People say we no longer believe just because of what you said, but but now we've heard for ourselves, and here it is, and we now know that this man really is the savior of the world. Y'all ain't even getting it. Y'all ain't even getting it. He's they said they said now, now that we've experienced him for ourselves, we now know that he really is the savior of the world. Here it is, here it is. Um, you you gotta realize that that. That before the cross, before the cross, the teaching was that salvation was only available to the Jews. Ah, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all thought that because Samaria was close to Jerusalem, that Samaria was Jerusalem. No, 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 no. The reason why people didn't mess with the Samaritans, the reason why people didn't want to be around them, the people why, the reason why people thought less of them is because Samarians were considered half-breeds and mutts. The, the Samaritans, the, Samar the, the Samaritans were the Samaritans were the result of Jewish people uh, having babies with people other than Jewish people. So in Jewish custom, it, it was inappropriate for you to have for, for a man and woman who weren't Jews to have a baby together. So, so that was outside of the societal custom. And so if you were half Jew and half something else, you, they didn't want you to be any Jew at all. So, so they just they, the, the people who were half breeds, the people that were considered much, the people that, that, that were considered uh, uh, less desirable, uh, they made a nation together. They said, all of us unfit people, we just going to not fit together. So, so then the text says, verse 42, they said, now we know that he really is the savior of the whole world. Y'all still not getting it. Y'all still not getting it. Salvation up until this point was only available to the Jews. The Samaritans were not considered Jews, even though they had Jewish blood. They weren't considered real Jews. So much so, so much so that in, as a part of Jesus's conversation with the woman at the well, the woman asked the question and she says, Jesus. So, uh, we, we, we hearing too many different things. We, we, 
listen, we don't really fit in over there. We don't fit in over there. So we're trying to piece this whole thing together. Uh, uh, should we should we worship in the temple? Should we worship uh, at the at, at, at the monument? Like where Jesus, what, what are we supposed to do? And that's why Jesus says, listen, where you worship don't matter. What what matters is are you worshiping him in spirit and in truth? So Jesus says, Jesus is explaining to the woman that now, here it is, if, if what matters is spirit and truth, what matters is spirit and truth, uh, uh, what matters is spirit and truth, your biology means nothing. Okay, so 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 they say now now we realize that he's the savior of the whole world. Why is that significant? Because I thought this was only available to a certain group of people. But now I realize that I can get some of these benefits, too. Now we know that he's the savior of the whole world. He said they, they say they say now we recognize that 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 the Jews don't have a monopoly on salvation. The, the Jews don't have a chokehold on salvation. So that means that means that I can get some of that. OK, here it is. Here it is. Uh, let, let, let me put it to you. Let me put it to you like I got it. Let me put it to you like I got it. Because you got to understand, Jesus ain't died yet. The work on the cross ain't there yet. But they have this revelation that what Jesus is talking about, they understand that if Jesus is telling me, Jesus wouldn't be telling me something that ain't for me. I need to, I really need to make sure y'all hearing me. Jesus wouldn't be, okay, 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 let me stop. Let me check the time. Let me sign note real quick. Uh, you always got a word for somebody else. Have you considered that what Jesus is telling you is for You, you, you know exactly what the scriptures say when it's for somebody else. But have you can. All right, that ain't that ain't today's that ain't that ain't today's lesson. They, they say they say he's the savior of the whole world. So here it is. Here it is. Uh, listen, they say they say I'm not I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not really a Jew, but I'm not really anything else either. J Jesus, I only been knowing him for a couple of days. I don't know everything about them, uh, but some of them had a had a testimony like some of us that say I, I ain't been in, at this very long uh, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but and, and I don't know everything about them. But but what I do know, mm, uh, what, what I do know is that is that he's the savior of the world. I, I don't know. I don't know everything. I can't tell you everything about him. I, I can't I can't quote all of his verses. I can't tell you. I can't tell you all of his miracles. I can't give you all the historical facts. I, ca I can't tell you everything about him. But what I can tell you is what he's done for me. What, what, what I can tell you is that when I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore that, that he, he, he came and he pulled me out of a dark place. Here it is. He pulled me out of darkness and brought me into his marvelous light. I can't tell you everything but what I can tell you is that when I needed something he was there for me I can't tell you everything but what I can tell you is that when the doctors couldn't figure it out he kept me anyway I can't tell you everything but what I can tell you is when everybody else left me I had a friend in Jesus I can't here it is don't take my word for it 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 Get to know him for yourself. Get to know him for yourself. I, I, I already had my experience at the well. Now you got to go and you got to learn about him for yourself. Don't, don't take my word for it. Listen, he's the savior of the world. That means you too. And I'm a walking, talking, living testimony. If he can save me. I, I, listen, the Bible says, the Bible says that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. And a lot of times we start, we stop there. But then it goes on to say, neither has it entered into the hearts of man. All that God has in store for you. Here it is. All you got to do is get connected to him. See, see you, you've, been, you've been trying to get residual trickle-down benefits, but God wants to give you some direct benefits to being connected to him. That's all. Don't, take, don't take my word for it. Here it is. Let, let me explain it to you this way. Let me explain it to you this way. If you, if, if, if you believe me, if you believe me and you don't take my word for it and you try it for yourself, what do you have to lose? 
You don't got nothing to lose. Listen, listen, listen. If, if heaven is not real, if heaven is not real, and, and, and let's say when I die, I, I, I get reincarnated into something else. If heaven's not real, and I believe in it, I ain't lost nothing. But if heaven is real, then that also means that hell is real. And if it is real and I don't believe, I've lost everything. Don't take my word for it, y'all. Don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Triumph for yourself. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Just try it. Don't take my word for it. Just try it. Try him. And if you try him, you won't leave him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together, God. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your spirit. Now, God, I am praying that anybody that can hear my voice right now, that you would, that you would cover them with your spirit, convict them, and draw them close to you. God, give them a desire just to try you because I believe that once they get one taste, God, that they'll, that they'll be hooked forever. God, we're asking you right now to save, set free, and deliver. Right now, God, save, set free, and deliver. Save, set free, and deliver. God, I'm praying right now for anybody that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior. That that would change right here today. God, I'm praying for anybody that does not have a church home or that's being drawn to the Abundant Faith family. I'm praying for their obedience right now today. God, I'm praying for anybody that needs to rededicate their lives to you, God. I'm praying for them right now. God, make the change in their lives that only you can. We bless you. We honor you. We give you all glory and all praise. And we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. And it's in that name that we say, amen. Listen, real quick, I got to give it to you real quick. I got to give it to you real quick. We're going we gonna to try to make it short and sweet. There's a number on your screen, 317-520-1892. If you have decided that today... I'm making a change today. I'm going to try Jesus. Today, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to try Jesus. Today is the day that I receive my salvation. I want you to text one word, salvation, to the number on your screen, 317-520-1892. Just one word, salvation. Just one word. Okay. Now, for anybody... For anybody that can hear me, if you can hear me, and for whatever reason, whatever reason, God is sending you toward the direction of abundant faith. It, I, I don't care whether he's transitioning you from one ministry to another. I don't care whether or not you've been a spiritual orphan for the last few months. I, I, I don't care for what for what the reason is. But if God is, is directing you to be a part of the abundant faith family, I need you to text the number on your screen. Just text one word. Text family to the number on your screen 317-520-1892 here's the beauty i know we still in a pandemic but here's the beauty god has shown us that now nothing separates us so it don't matter if you in indianapolis it don't matter if you in georgia it don't matter it don't matter where you are you can connect with the abundant faith family all you gotta do is send a one word text message text family to the number on your screen text family now, last but not least, if you've decided that there are some things in my life that have not been well, there's some areas in my life that I've not been committed. There's some areas in my life that I've been functioning in dysfunction, and I just need somebody to pray with me and pray for me. 
That's all I need. I just need a little bit of prayer. I'm Listen, I'm saved. I got a church home. I might even be a member of Abundant Faith, but I, I, I just need somebody to pray with me and pray for me. If that's you, if that's you, send your prayer request to the number on your screen. Send the prayer request in. You can remain anonymous if you want to. You can remain anonymous if you choose to. 317-528. I'm sorry, 317-520-1892. Just text your prayer request to the number on your screen. Listen, y'all, I don't want y'all to take my word for it. Don't, don't take my word for the benefits of salvation. Try it for yourself. Don't take my word for how beautiful and how amazing the Abundant Faith family is. Join us and find out for yourself. Don't take my word for the power of prayer. Send in your prayer request. Let us, let, let us pray with you and pray for you. Don't take my word for it. Try it for yourself. You don't believe that you can do your part to share the gospel in the kingdom? Don't take my word for it. Hit share. Try it for yourself. See what happens. Right? Listen, we're going to get ready to get out of here. We're going to get ready to get out of here. I uh, want to give you a couple of quick announcements. A couple of quick announcements. We want to continue uh, to push the kingdom forward. Uh, so we still want you to continue to purchase your, abund uh, your uh, Faith Works Apparel. Uh, you're helping us to do ministry whenever you make an Abundant Faith uh, uh, a Faith Works apparel purchase from the Abundant Faith Christian Church. You're helping us to push the kingdom forward. Alright? So we need you to continue to do that. We, we, want to, we want to also encourage you. Listen, listen, we're getting closer and closer uh, to, the, to the holiday season, to Thanksgiving, and then right around the corner from Thanksgiving is Christmas. Now I need you to understand, listen, depression goes up around this time of year. Suicide goes up this time of year. Suicidal thoughts go up this time of year. Listen, we, we have got to commit to being in prayer. All right? We, we grateful for the results of the election, but that ain't it. We, we got to keep pushing. We got to keep pushing. We can't allow everything to be in the hands of the politician. We got to put some things up in prayer. All right? All right. I think that's it. I think that's it. We're going to get ready to get out of here, y'all. But make sure uh, you're ready to, to, to be right back here with us. 7 p.m. Wednesday, uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, we're going to continue looking at uh, making room for prayer. And we're going to go right on into what Jesus is saying. Uh, and how we should pray. So I'm excited uh, about Wednesday. I'm also uh, uh, not as, I, I am excited, but I'm more grateful than I am excited that if God says the same uh, on Tuesday, uh, I will be celebrating another year of life. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful to God. I am, I, I'm, a, I'm a little excited, but I'm more thankful uh, than I am excited that God saw fit uh, to call me to this ministry and to allow me uh, to be able to celebrate uh, 31 years of life. So I'm excited about that, uh, and I'm grateful to God for it. Uh, and then we'll be right back here next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., y'all. Uh, so listen, I want everybody to be well. I want everybody to, to, to continue to be safe. I want everybody to continue to remain in prayer, y'all. Continue to remain in prayer. All right? And don't be ashamed. I'm challenging everybody to share a part of your testimony with at least two different people this week. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you to share at least part of your testimony with at least two different people this week. Watch, watch what God does. I'm, I'm, I'm believing right now. Watch what God does. I challenge you. I double dog dare you to share your testimony with at least two people this week. And then come on back on Wednesday and tell me what happened. All right? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together, God. We ask that you would... Allow us to leave from here still meditating on your word today. Now we ask that you would give us the strength to trust you, the strength to believe you, and the strength to share you with others. God, we thank you. We praise you. We ask that you would dismiss us from this service, but never ever from your sight. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And it's in that name we say, amen. God bless you and God keep you.